Hello, everybody. My name is Pasha Marlowe, and this is the Let Pleasure Be the Measure podcast. I am thrilled to be back. Happy to be here with all of you. I've missed you. Um, I come back with such a fantastic guest, Ali Hendry, coming in from the UK. Ali, who I've been following on Instagram and Clubhouse for quite some time now, is a holistic relationship coach, a speaker, a trainer, and a performer and a comedian. So we have a lot in common and she's a pleasure and a joy. Welcome, Ali. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, I think we've been following each other. So it's been mutual stalking uh, all above board. So great to be here. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Thank you. Yes, I believe we originally met on Clubhouse and it was one of the very first days I, I came out and you were so generous in your um, support and um, telling me your story and, and you were married to a man and now a woman. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I had one of each, uh, married to a man and then uh, married to a woman, uh, two divorces, uh, entering my 50s as a divorced pre-menopausal uh, co-parent, so sounds good for the marketing, um, and um, yeah, so we had that in common and we had impro in common, didn't we, improvisation, so yes. just talking about coming out a little bit later, I mean, I was 28 um, when I came out, so I think yes. nowadays that's probably quite late, there wasn't as much awareness around queer, lesbian, gay, um back then in the 1800s so um yeah so yeah we were sort of talking about coming out that little bit later and it's it's june pride month here do do you celebrate pride month in the uk yeah yeah we do yeah we do it's it's interesting actually it being june because um we have every year in brighton we have people come from far and wide um on the south coast it's kind of like the gay city of the UK, Brighton. There's, there's a lot of us around. Um, we all sort of come down here and we get loads and loads of people coming in for August. So for us, that's when the big thing tended to happen historically. Obviously, it hasn't happened because of COVID times. Um, but all the shops putting up flags and selling rainbow you know, memorabilia. So it's, it's happened now as well and lots of events and celebrations and actually being a lot more... Um, interested in history and backgrounds and uh, politics around it which I think is the way that we need to be going right now you know the whole celebrating drinking smoking um, all that kind of stuff is is out there and there's a place for that but I've found that certainly this time the month has been a lot more about where are we at yes we're doing well but gosh there's also a lot of things that need to still happen for a lot of different countries and for our, you know, your country and my country, uh, particularly in various regions. So don't take your eye off the ball, uh, but, you know, permission to celebrate. Yeah. Yes. Celebrate the party, but also make change. And um, I didn't realize how much straight privilege was prevalent or how much inclusion was a necessary thing. We all need to learn more about um, until the last year. So it's certainly um, been eye-opening and yeah and- no I agree and I think certainly I've seen in the last two years um there's been a lot on allyship and um a lot of the corporate organizations that I do work for um being sort of the corporate trainer side of things you know you see people in their signature blocks putting comments about being a straight ally so that awareness is is definitely coming in boards are a lot more aware of the device the diversity of their workforce than they ever were mm-hmm Good. I'm so glad that that's change is happening. Um, and you do holistic relationship coaching. Do you specifically work with clients in the LGBTQ community or beyond? 
Um, I, at the moment, yes, and that's the area that, that I'm in and I'm happy with. Um, I like to work with women with an X, um, so women who are um, women, non-binary, trans folk, um, so anyone who's who's comfortable with the terminology around, you know, female space. That historically has been where I've done a lot of my work in the past, so um, kind of like 30, 40 years ago when I started not, for, not 40 years ago. How old am I? I've just I don't know. I was going to ask. <laughs> 52. Just made myself 62. Um, when I started running workshops uh, when I was living in London, they were improvisation workshops for women. So that female space, I saw a, a value for it. And naturally, as a gay woman myself, was attracting that demographic in that community. Um, but also there were straight women, bisexual women, as well as gay women. So... Um, and trans women as well so um, a mixture but in terms of my clientele yeah women uh, who are comfortable being in that female space or who want that female space you know there are so many coaches and let's face it there's been a gazillion that have popped up and are constantly popping up which is great because it's a great resource everyone should have a coach I've got one you know, why would I be one if I don't have one um, so it's a great resource uh, obviously make sure they're certified and uh, got all the right bits and bobs that they need but I think to be able to niche is really important for some people. So why not? You know, what do I want to spend 24 hours talking about? Actually, I want to talk about relationships. That's what I want to do. So that's my niche. That's my area. That's that's Good. what I'm interested in. And what makes it holistic? How do you perceive holistic? Really? So holistic, you know, I believe that we all have absolutely everything that we need. Um, sometimes we need someone to walk alongside us to help us release some of those things within us. Um, the focus is very much on mind, body and spirit, spirituality. So bringing out those areas in my clients. Um, some people aren't into the spirituality or they're not into the body side or the mind side. You know, some of them will be I'm not I'm not wanting to explore that as much, but it's it's available to them. It's open to them. So I can do some exercises. We can go down paths that recognize spirituality, um, you know, that work on that uh, the body side, work on the mind side. So it gives that kind of mix. I mean, we're all three anyway. Right. You know, there's been so many studies yeah. about how emotions are in our bodies um you know spirituality so they all intertwine it just feels absolutely right for me and the way that I approach my world my life yeah. to have those three kind of spliced together <laughs> yes I I definitely once once we think holistically it's it's almost impossible to understand how people don't conceive of coaching in any form, whether it's physical fitness or emotional health or, uh, or business coaching, that it wouldn't be holistic. You're, you're missing so much of the piece of the puzzle if you don't think of the, the mind, the body, and the, and the spirit. So I'm, I'm glad you're doing that. But you very specifically go into relationship coaching and then recently have been talking a lot about jealousy. And I'm curious as to why you're just passionate about jealousy, right? Yeah, now. yeah. It's... um. It's a universal topic, isn't it? I mean, it's, yeah. it's one of those things that we've either done it, felt it, um, had both at the same time. You know, it, it features in every type of relationship. That could be a business relationship. That could be a romantic relationship. Could be, you know, your, your upbringing um, in terms of jealousy. And so I'm just really interested in how it shows itself. Um, I've struggled with it. I've definitely struggled with it on both sides where I've been in relationships uh, where I've been very jealous. Um, I've been in relationships where there's been lots of jealousy at me. And that was an interesting turnaround because I was like, oh, right, yes, 
that's what it feels like. Hmm, interesting. Um, and just started in the last year or so since completing my studies as a holistic relationship coach, um, researching it, you know, loads of podcast books, talking to people, questionnaires, etc., um, attracting clients who want to talk about jealousy issues as well. Um, like you said, with Clubhouse. So I do a Monday uh, 1930 BST relationship room for Diva community. So we have different topics each week. And we recently did jealousy, actually. Of course, we'll do it, we'll do it again lots, lots and lots of times. And it's just fascinating hearing different people's stories around jealousy. There was one that particularly stood out where um, a woman who uh, said, you know, I'm a feminine woman and a femme woman and my girlfriend's femme as well. And she said, where I get the most amount of jealousy is when um, a guy, you know, hits on one of us. And we were talking about what that's about. And it was about this kind of invisibility. You know, you don't exist to me. You are somebody that I can hit on. Your sexuality doesn't exist to me. And therefore it's, it's been gaslighted. And it was really interesting how that was the main kind of jealousy experience in that setting. Because, you know, it shows up in so many different ways. It's not the traditional, where have you been? What do you smell of? What's that lipstick on your collar? You know, all that stuff. Um, right. that, that monkey brains us. <laughs> not necessarily about infidelity specifically. Um, and jealousy within friendships, do you see that a lot or do you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely had that where clients have come to me about friendships. You know, I believe that, that a friendship can be a romantic relationship as well. Obviously, there's no sex. Well, sometimes there is because there's friends with benefits. But some of those things I know with my romantic, with my friendships, there's a romantic element. You know, I, one of my friends, particularly, we tell each other, we sign off, I love you. You know, we send each other flowers and cards. Um, we've never slept together. We don't have that in us. But that side of romance and caring is there. So I think, you know, that can be there in the same way in terms of when, when a friendship ends or when jealousy comes, mm -hmm. when there's a, a third person arriving. Because, of course, jealousy and envy are those two that uh, they get mixed up quite a lot. So the jealousy being that fear of loss, fear of losing something, um, in this instance, losing something to someone else, whereas envy is about wanting something that someone else has got. And so, of course, you can have elements of both, but I'm more specifically interested in what's around the psychology, the mind, the body, the spirit to do with that jealousy side and that fear of loss. Yeah. Okay. And the fear of loss, fear of abandonment, does it, is that a common theme? That's a biggie. Yeah, for me anyway, not for everybody. Um, that's that's definitely a biggie. Um, who we are, you know, as as I'm sure you know, all the stuff around attachment and our first experience of relationships as children to our parents and how we take those into adulthood. And sometimes we model those types of relationships. And you know, certainly it makes a lot of sense to me now. I'm not an expert in attachment, but I've done a lot of reading around it. I'm, I'm a coach as opposed to a therapist or a counsellor. And it's it's important to make that distinct. I bet you find it as well. People get confused. So with, with a therapist or a counsellor, they tend to look back to the past with a view to healing the past. Whereas us coaches, we have a different set of rules and regulations. We have code of ethics, etc. But ours is very much about looking at where are you at now? Of course, we can talk about the past in terms of who you are now and where you are now and what you feel about the past. But we look at the now, where you want to be and how you can get there, how, how you know, I can ask my questions to help you get there. So, um, yeah, with attachment, looking back on some of my relationships where I was like, OK, as an avoidant, being in a relationship with an anxious, yeah, 
that was not going to work well, was it? <laughs> Chaos reigns. So it, it helps you. I mean, that's one of my one of my um, values. I've just been doing a lot of work on my business and putting together my my own you know core values uh, for the business. And one of them is cultivate curiosity. Um, I think that's really important. And what can come out of cultivating curiosity is vulnerability. It takes you into that vulnerable state by having that curiosity. And all the work by Brené Brown. Uh, that we love around intimacy and connection and the importance of growth you know vulnerability allows growth those plants those little plants that are shriveling away and they have to fight to get through they come back really strong and lush because they've had that vulnerability so we get a lot from that and that can come from that curiosity place yes it's a beautiful place uh, curiosity over criticism and and finding that um uh it's an interesting, and I, I want to circle really quickly back, and I apologize because this was my uh, ADHD brain showing, but I used to be a marriage and family therapist, so my degree is in therapy, and now I'm a coach, and and you're correct, in, in my training, which was now 20-something, five years ago, it was so much focused on the past, which is why I left the uh, career, it just didn't resonate with me, and I wanted to be more preventative, and yet now there is, I just want to put it out there, um, positive psychology and a lot of change and shift in the therapy world to be more uh, future focused. Um, not all therapeutic um, modalities are like that, but uh, but so many of my friends are now walking that line between a coach and therapist. And yes, and, uh, a lot. Yeah. And sometimes uh, it just comes down to insurance and you know. yeah yes absolutely I mean um the um the relationship uh the uh, no, I did write her name down because I thought we might be sort of talking about some people um she is a um holistic psychologist and has just written a book um uh oh, and yes Le Le doing, the work. doing the yeah, work yeah doing the work yeah um, yes and I cannot recall at the moment her name either although I get texts from her every day her name is Nicola Perra Dr Nicola Perra yes. um, and I love her, her work because that's like my first degree was a psychology degree so my curiosity around what makes humans human <laughs> you know what makes us tick is is around that um is, a, is the psychology and the human behavior. So to come across her work, I also love that it all came through Instagram. I mean, how terribly modern, you know, all, all the kind of the build up and the book and everything. So it's great to see social media being used in that way. Absolutely, absolutely, yes. Um, thank you for entertaining that. I just, I just didn't, because um, in the past, I really have been more uh, maybe down on therapy and, and coaching is, is the way to go. And, and I'm now seeing a wonderful trend, um, of therapists who, who also have this, uh, more expansive, um, way of thinking, but also that within the field, it's more supported to be expansive in our thinking and forward thinking. So anyhow, but coming anyone, back yeah. yeah, sorry. I was going to say anyone who talks about, um, you know, um, morning practices and, you know, the power of silence, and meditation you know we need to value that power of silence in the morning giving ourselves you know prayer and meditation the value of that so why wouldn't we value having just two or three moments of silence as we get up in the morning so talking yeah. about how we can create those gratitude lists and those things I mean certainly in lockdown all of those practices for me have 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 occurred in a big way and have stayed on so mm -hmm. I, I really value those morning morning mm -hmm. you know self-care practices yeah yeah yeah, that tends to be the the time for for people who are actively parenting as well 
just before the children wake up, there's a moment where we have our own self um, <laughs> to take care of. Some of my clients, um, I, I actually talk to them at four o'clock in the morning. It's oh four o'clock their time and not mine because it's America. So I'm like, yes, that's a win. Um, so they, they, so I'm with them at four o'clock. So they do an hour before their young kids get up. I mean, that's dedication. That's, that's just, beautiful. you know, wow. Amazing. Yes. Amazing. And yeah. a life-saving hour. I'm sure they look forward to it. It's a, it's just, you know, to feel grounded in yourself and um, focus on, you know, we hear self-care and, and all these practices, um, you know, try to meditate, try to go for a walk. And sometimes the day just gets away from us as mothers. And so it's beautiful that you offer that. And what a wonderful exchange that you're in the UK. Yeah, <laughs> so I know. Happy. But I mean, what do we tell kids to do? You know, we, 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 now we know that we need to help them self-regulate. How do you self-regulate by coming back into your body? How do you come back into your body? You already have these daily practices. You know how to meditate. You know how to do the breathing. You know how to take that moment. You know how to tune into your body. You know, your body gives you so much information and we're so good at not listening to it. (laughs) So, you know, yeah. And, and even people who teach it are hard. It's hard for us to listen. Yes. And so um, circling back for a moment to jealousy, because you were differentiating the beginning, um, as we talked about jealousy, envy, and then passion, you, you mentioned as well. So what is the correlation between jealousy and passion for you? I think it's an interesting one. I mean, we know that phrase, um, what what you what you resist persists. Right. And and also we know that um in kink as well, you know, there are there is something about that stuff that in your in your daily life you're kind of around. You want the opposite in kink sometimes. So I know it's a cliche, but so I can talk about my own personal experience of partners who have high stress jobs where there's a lot of control and a lot of driving things forwards and they want to be tied up you know and that's because of that kind of release of I don't want to do that in my that's my kink I want to do the opposite so I was quite interested in how jealousy features and and looking at my own experiences where actually when somebody um, so my my situation is that um serial monogamist for years and years as we said married to a man married to a woman um, then some very significant long-term relationships with women um, and then and now I'm in a relationship with a woman and it's an open relationship so I have a primary partner and we both have sex with other people um, so that's the situation now so ripe for jealousy you know I've done it I've put myself in this situation of um, of the jealousy and I'm a middle child so in terms of that jealousy side and you know not getting what you want not being seen and all that stuff it's all in there um so well done me put myself in that situation but it works because of boundaries and we probably don't have time to go into all of that um I'd love to come back and talk about that because that'd be really your boundaries and consent yeah and how you set you how you set that up so that it works but going back to the jealousy with with um with relationships where they've been open that I've had there is something about um, so if you're having a threesome, for example, and your your partner is, you know, having a sexual exchange with someone else. Like I get this sort of jealousy and bitey desire at the same time. It's like this gritty, bitey desire. It's like, no, don't do that. I'll do it. So I know that for me, something that I've struggled with for years in terms of the jealousy. And, and now I'm in a place where for me, I've found some things that work for me to deal with it and to move through it in a positive way and to learn from it. But when I'm in that moment, it's still there. And actually it stokes things up. 
um, you know, jealousy comes from the word zealous. So over emotions, over emotional. And it's one of those ones that quite often there's quite a lot of shame around. Oh, you shouldn't feel jealous because that means you're insecure. No, it doesn't. It just means I'm feeling jealous. Mm -hmm. Jealousy is a complex set of emotions. Mm -hmm. There's so much going on. Like you said, abandonment, you know, attachment. One of the things for me is um, I'm hyper aware of a risk, a scanning for risk. You know, and again, I can track that back to suddenly finding out at 16, my parents were divorcing. And then my first significant boyfriend finding out he had an affair. So it's like I've gone into relationships looking for risk, looking for things that might not be so. But what you're telling me isn't actually what's going on. You know, there's there's a secret there. So that has come out. And that's one of my underpinnings for jealousy. I can see that. But that's just for me. You know, for other people, there can be other reasons. Um, so I find it really fascinating how how it, it impacts my sex. Um, and and there's a term compersion as well that the polyamorous um community use which I know um, you're familiar with as well which is where so so compassion is is where you see your um, other significant other engaging in you know usually in a sexual act and you feel happy for them mm-hmm. you feel happiness for them um, it's not like codependence you still have your own feelings right. <laughs> um, but you but you can feel happy on their behalf and it's not it's not a, it's not the the it's not the reverse, it's the, sorry, it's not the opposite of jealousy. So I have felt compersion and jealousy at the same time. So it's not like, oh, great, I'm comperting. That's brilliant. There'll be no jealousy I've evolved tonight, then. compersion, right? Yes. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, they both have their place. So, but yeah, I, I love that compersion moment. I, and I love the component that we could be, we could have jealousy and compersion and envy and a, and a fear of abandonment and pleasure all in the same moment that we could hold all of that and that we're so complex and paradoxical that um that that's become in terms of being zealous like so alive and so much present to the moment and it does heighten our awareness and our experience and sometimes it makes it more challenging and and more uh difficult but then it also allows the space for us to be even more um excited or uh, more in pleasure so yeah i, I love when that you we- work sorry i'll get very excited and um, when you work through jealousy with your romantic partner or partners it brings you closer together by fact of being able to have those difficult conversations by showing that courage by showing that bravery you know even now um having been through these experiences and the work that i do I still, if I meet someone that I know that I want to have a sexual interaction with, <laughs> then to, to talk to my partner about it, I, I think about it. You know, I have to, my first reaction is, oh, do I have to say something? Can't I just do it? But, you know, that's not the life that I live. I, one of my, another one of my values is, is honesty. And honesty in this instance is the best policy because you've got this contract together. You've decided what you're going to do. You know, I know and it's different for both of us. So I know that um, I don't want to know when she's met someone and when she's going to go and meet someone and when they're going to go and have sex. Don't, don't need to know that. Don't need to. Whereas she wants to know in advance, wants me to text before and after and then make sure that we talk on the phone or FaceTime or meet up. So that connection is there. Whereas for me, I'm like, don't need to know until next time we see each other because we don't live together um then that's the point where you know when we're in a safe secure loving environment you can tell me um and also 
the, the, the amount of questions that you need or you don't need. You know, this is another thing that I've learned. I don't need to, because, because I'm a coach, I want to go and ask all these questions. Don't need to, because my monkey brain will give a whole set of other answers and a whole set of other questions that have no place there. They actually don't belong to the response, because what I'll do is I'll do that whole bias thing where I'll hear what I want to hear. And then yeah. my next question will be based on what I think has been said when it hasn't. Yeah, so I've actually learned a lot from my from my current relationship because she doesn't want to know. She's she's just kind of like, I just want to know that we're OK and that you're not different and that we can move forwards um, in past relationships. We've talked about it and it's been really sexy talking about what we've done with other people. But it's also had an edge to it mm-hmm. for me where the monkey brain will go. Yeah, but does that mean that she's hotter than me or sexier than me or that you right. want to have more threesomes and less? twosomes you know so that whole I know now what works for me but it's a journey it is and in a group that I lead called bite out of life which originated as bisexual women who were just coming out and they were heteronormative relationships but expanding uh to open up with uh relationships with women and sometimes that's in threesomes or polyamory but a lot of times it's just in having the conversation with their current partner and this this is true for um for any relationship is to talk about what do you consider um, cheating or infidelity, you know, what are the boundaries and, and it's different for everybody. So yeah. it's, it's what you're saying. It just requires this raw, honest conversation, yeah. very clear um, boundary setting so that there's an understanding of, of what each person is okay with. And I imagine that you have, would have to reestablish that. And all the time, that- all the time. And yeah. do you ever reestablish those boundaries in the midst of intimacy or do you always uh, wait? <laughs> I'm just curious. There's, like, there's a time and a place. There's a time and a place. Um, you, you can't always do the optimum, um, but, you know, it is better when you're you're going for a walk, you know, around a lake and sitting on a bench and having a chat as opposed to in the middle of, you know, El Fragran- Flagrante, if you pronounce it. So there's a time and a place. Um, yeah, things things change. You change. You know, we don't. Yes. That's the thing about relationships that I think we forget. I'm always changing. They're always changing. The relationship is always changing. So it can't be fixed. It doesn't exist. It's water. It's flowing mm-hmm. constantly. Mm-hmm. So the only way that you can navigate it is by those questions. Is that you know curious inquiry. Um, and finding out what's what's true and what's there and um, what and setting your boundaries and saying what is going to work for you and if they say well I can't do that then you have you know it's not a rule it's not like they're going to do that and you have to suck it up it's not that rule it's a boundary where it's like this will be really difficult for me and then they're saying well I don't know if I can do that and then you have that choice to have that conversation really difficult conversation to say okay well let's look at something else or what can we do or how can we move through this? Mm. Um, yeah, there's a lot of chat. Um, but in terms of the cheating thing, for me, I've never been more tuned into my my body because I know if something, you know, I, I can feel it. I'm like, oh, that's that's a dis, that's a kind of, um, there's kind of discord in there in terms of, yeah, I feel I need to say something about this situation and that's to do with anything, you know, let's bring it back to our bodies. Let's see when our mind is going, oh, I think we should just talk about everything's fine. Everything's fine. Um, no, not, not, not really. Not really. We need to look at that. We need to have a conversation because I can feel something in my, you know, in my sternum or I can feel it in my core. Yes. And, and that allows us to circle back to coming into those beautiful morning moments where we're just really still with ourselves. That might be a wonderful opportunity to check in 
how does my relationship feel? How does opening up my relationship uh, honor my my body, my mind, my my spirit, and and really checking in with our our knowing when we're not influenced by other people's um, desires or or their own belief systems. And, you know, use your friends, use your community, but also be aware that they're not coaches. So they they have the outcome in mind. They know exactly what they want for you and they want the best for you and they want they want to hold you and they know your story. A lot of our friends and, and community you know with the coach, they are absolutely looking at what you want and allowing you to find out what you want without influence so it's that absolutely neutral non-judgmental environment where you can truly say why am i doing the, the main question why am i opening up my relationship or why did i want my next relationship to be open you know we went into this open and i have to say my experience is is so much easier going into it at the beginning saying this is you know i subscribe to an open relationship let's have a discussion about how that would feel for you um, because um, my partner hasn't had that before. So it's sort of been easier in a way because we've been able to make up our own rules instead of the chaos of let's open up something that's already established. But then, like we said before, relationships are fluid. So so why wouldn't you? But if you can use a neutral party to say, why do I want to open it up? And one thing that we, I'm sure you, the community might talk about this. So sometimes people open it up because there's something missing from their current relationship. Yeah that's not a great starting point. I love that <laughs> yeah. you said that. It comes up all the time in yeah. our conversation. Yeah. The, the reason why often um, women want to expand and consider having their first relationship with another woman is because the relationship that they're currently in with their husband or male partner is not working. And so we always say, you know, this isn't a good place to start uh, yeah. another relationship. Let's get you back to your center and grounded and safe and in your knowing um, and then determined so that it's exactly. not rage or jealousy or yeah. um, retort or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What is it, you know, you, you're, it's about bringing something to the relationship, not filling a gap that wasn't there already. And you're right, you know, talking about intention, what is my intention? Is your intention to have to feel a, more of a sense of freedom? I mean, Esther Perel, brilliant, love her work so much. Um, you know, erotic distance and talking about how we need that erotic distance. We need, we need, we we strive in relationships for for connection and closeness, but we also want distance. And actually, she talks about how one of the most attractive things is when your loved one is doing something they're passionate about. You know, you watch them playing an instrument or you watch them painting a picture or reading a book, you know, quietly. That's when you are most attracted to them. Why? Because they don't need nothing from you. <laughs> they don't need anything from you and they are in their passion and their power. And, and that's a really amazing thing to experience. You know, I'm getting tingles. I've got shorts on today. Sun's come out. I've got tingles on my legs thinking about that, but it's yes, true, isn't it? It's, and it's so interesting because when you mention this and I agree this is when I'm most attracted to my current partner is when he's in his passion which happens to be drumming uh African drumming and um I assume for him it's me you know empowering women and doing my therapeutic comedy work and podcasting and yet this is also the place in our relationship where we experience the most amount of um conflict and jealousy because when he's stepping away to do his passion He's stepping away from time together. And it's not so much that I miss him. It's just less convenient when I have to do everything on my own. So I'm like, I want him to do these things. Yeah. But I, I wonder how much of it is I don't need you. 
I wonder how much of it is I am in my flow and I don't need you right now. Mm. So that can stimulate the jealousy feelings as well. Mm, interesting. Yeah, it's I could see how it, there's a lot of dynamics there that that I would need to uncover um, outside of just the, the time that it takes to to yeah. have a passion or a hobby. Um, yes, I, I think it's just a, the moment I'm in right now where it's easier when we're both home to both take care of our son. And yet I have to recognize that I need to step away from it in order to be refueled and energized and, and he does as well. So, so supporting each other in our passions. Uh, yeah. Pulling that jealousy and passion all together in that thought, uh, just clicked for me. So thank you. Okay. <laughs> A there moment is. of awareness. And I actually love the idea that you mentioned at the beginning of, uh, friendships being romantic, um, because right now my primary relationships, um, that are very loving are with my female friends, non-sexual, all of them. Um, but those are the women and the people and the humans right now that I'm expressing love to and are holding me in, in my space right now. So that's a beautiful thought that it's, it's romantic. And I could see how um, that really opens us up to, to accepting each other more as so important in each other's lives and why jealousy um, and, and passion come into those conversations as well. Yeah, complex. <laughs> oh, I lost your sound for a second. Oh, I'm oh, here. There you are. There I am. In case you were saying something very wise. Nothing. And oh, yeah, it was the most important part of the whole that thing. That was it. That was it. <laughs> no, <it's gone>. So <laughs> just in case we're um, losing sound for whatever reason across the pond, as I say, um, how can people find you, Allie, and follow you in your work? Um, oh, um, so yeah, start with the website, which is alihendry.co.uk. Um, and you can find me on uh, Twitter, Ali Hendry. You can find me on Instagram and Clubhouse, which is the Ali H with underscores between each of those words. But it's all on the website, so you can link from there. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. It's such a pleasure talking to you again. And um, thank you so much for coming and sharing your, your wisdom and your story and for opening up about your own personal story. That always um, makes it so much more um, rich and dynamic. So I appreciate it. You're welcome. I mean, I'm kind of thinking about documenting it. I mean, as, as I said, you know, we have our own coaches as coaches and I've got a relationship coach. And, and I'm also thinking of documenting because we've only been together for th uh, three months. So it's a really interesting journey um, to be so conscious within this relationship, you know, the more the most conscious I've ever been um, in, an, in a new relationship. So sort of thinking of taking people on a journey in terms of how we're navigating things, I think could be yeah, interesting. So thank you for, for that for me and, and realising that it's been great to talk about all of those things with you here today. I've really loved it. Thank you. Such a pleasure. And if anyone out there um, enjoyed this episode, please like it, review it, share it, um, and keep subscribing to the podcast. You could find me at poshamarlow.com or on Facebook or Instagram at poshamarlow. And then I also offer a free, I call it liberation call. I just want to meet you. Let's, you know, tell each other our stories and find ways to, uh, think about what it is you really desire and what's in your pleasure and um, make those, those changes that will light you up 
uh, break you open and and uh, light you up, hopefully, and um, create some wonderful change. So I strongly recommend everybody does it. Pasha yes. is such a cool person to hang out with people. So just book it, book it in, book it in. Even just if you it. don't do, do anything with it afterwards, you know something's going to come out of it. It's going to be cool. Yeah, it's, it, you know, every conversation I have with somebody, whether I'm on the receiving end with a coach or I'm coaching, something always comes up that's a revelation and what gets revealed gets healed. And so we just need to keep having these conversations. So um, it lights me up. It was a highlight of my day. So thank you again, Allie. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. See you. See you soon. Yeah. See hear you soon. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Thank you, everybody. Thank you.